Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some r slash malicious compliance. Some of these stories were the ones that we did in the live stream the past Friday, but I've made up the video with three or four new stories as well to bulk it out, to get it up to our usual amount of time that I do read. <laughs> anyway, I hope you do enjoy today's stories, and let's get involved. Much love, guys. This story is from Bat Kevin. Smug guy wants to order for the table, so I make sure he gets his wish. I worked as a server for a small brand, new family-owned restaurant. The place was one step below white tablecloth and had a bar on one side with a restaurant on the other. The owners were awesome and provided industry professionals to train us on how best to treat a customer and maximize our tips. An example of how effective this training was, on opening day, I dropped an entire tray of drinks down a woman's back, yet this family returned several more times and would only let me serve them. Owner brought them a parker the first time they returned. One technique we were taught was to establish who was paying from social cues and make sure they are happy. If a couple comes in and you believe the man is paying, make the woman feel like a queen. When it's time to pay, she'll encourage a higher tip. Incredibly effective. After I finished taking an order, I noticed a family of four being sat in my section and stopped by immediately to introduce myself. My assessment is this. Husband and wife, very nicely dressed, their beautiful early 20s daughter, my age, and what I gather is her boyfriend wearing a suit and tie. Dad is very clearly paying, but aspiring businessman here interrupts mum when she's ordering her drink to inform me he'd be ordering for the table. If looks could kill, the father would have taken out this young man and probably 10 people in the bar area. Oh buddy, your night is not going the way you thought. Every time I returned to the table, I would face him, only look and talk to him, turning my back to the father. Daughter asked for something, I don't remember what, and without ever acknowledging her, I asked him, may she have that? He barely stammered out a yes. When I brought the bill, I said it right in front of him. They hung around for a while and I continued to check in and refill drinks while the bill remained untouched. I think the dad was making him sweat. Eventually, dad grabs the bill and puts his card in. I brought back the receipt and thanked the young man for coming in and walked away. I was returning from another table when they were getting up from the table and the young guy moved to the door at speed that made lightning look slow. (laughs) The other three were all smiles and the dad looked across the dining room and mouthed, thank you. I gave him a smile and nod and continued on my way. The tip amount is a number I don't remember, but I know it was good really good it must have been a small wedding because i never received an invite (laughs) edit i'm trying to keep up on the replies but i'm a bit overwhelmed at the moment thank you everybody for the kind words and awards they have been fun to read from the comments and a few pms i would like to make a few comments one you were rude yes absolutely the situation could have blown up in spectacular fashion i took a chance not thinking of the potential downsides and it came out just fine two in my culture this is expected I'm aware of that, and had the young man been respectful, I would have gone along with it. It was not my intention to disrespect cultural norms, rather to put a smug buffoon in the spotlight. 
3. How is this malicious compliance? Judging by the replies, upvotes, and the post still being up, I'm guessing at least three people think it is. <laughs> this story is from Progressive Badger. Owner refused to let me do jury duty. This was back in the 80s, my first job, working as a maintenance man at a local hotel. I'd been working there part-time since I was 16, and when I turned 18, I got a notice to attend jury duty. I picked a week and let my boss know. The owner of the hotel found out. He was always a completely unreasonable jerk to all the employees and sees me in the hallway and tells me that I need to do whatever it takes to get out of the jury duty because he needs me at the hotel that week for a large dog show. Clog drains, etc. And if I'm not at work, I'm fired. When I get to jury duty day one, I get selected to do a week-long trial and the judge asks jurors if there's any reason we cannot serve on the jury. They go around. When they get to me, I'm nervous, never been in court before, and I'm too scared to lie. I tell the judge that the owner of the business I work at will fire me if I'm not back today and said I needed to do everything I can to get out of jury duty or I'm fired. Other than that, I'm fine serving. The judge looks pissed. The judge has me approach the bench, ask for the name of the owner, location, etc. Then he hands the court officer a paper and says something to the officer. The judge still looks pissed. I'm told to return to the jury box. About an hour later, still selecting the jury, the officer returns with the owner, visibly shaken, in handcuffs, and walk to the front of the judge's bench. The owner is standing in front of the judge. The judge asks him questions, which he apologetically tries to worm out of. Then the judge, looking even more pissed, instructs him that I will be there for jury duty. I will serve as long as I need to and he should not do anything to retaliate against me and that the judge is filing charges and will be instructing the clerk to check with me regularly and if, for any reason, I am fired or face any disciplinary action at work, he will hold the owner in contempt, violation of a court order, etc. A bunch of legal stuff and he will spend time behind bars thinking about how important jury duty is. Then the judge makes him apologize to me in court. I made it onto the jury and I served the week. I reported back to work the following week. I expected some blowback, but I never got fired. None of my shifts were changed and I got paid for my time in jury. I didn't ask why I got paid. The clerk did check back a few times and I was told to call the judge's clerk direct phone number if anything happened. It was awesome. I was pretty much bulletproof and worked until I saved enough to go back to school. This story is from Gromelox. Parent says it's not our business what our son does on the community garden. So we let him get up to his neck in shit. Literally. <laughs> Happened just a couple of hours ago. This story is so fresh, you can still smell it. <laughs> on our community garden, we get teams of kids from the local school come to help and it's often the case that they turn up on a Saturday morning as well. They're almost entirely well behaved, which is a good job as there's not a lot we can do about bad behavior beyond a stern voice. Although one time, a lad kicked one of our rabbits so a girl brained him with a shovel. Rough, but effective justice. <laughs> There's this one lad who came for the first time last week. Don't know him, but we made him very welcome. He only lasted half an hour before storming off in tears after his third telling off for spinning round and round holding a tool and then letting it fly off at head height. This morning, his mum, I assume, came with him. I saw him point out my friend and me but he didn't ask to join in, so after shouting hello, we let them be. After about 10 minutes, he started wandering, and my friend shouted to him, don't go round behind the greenhouse, mate, it's not safe round there. Well, his mum had obviously been waiting for this because she went from zero to 100 in two seconds flat, demanding to know, do we own this garden? And if not, what business is it of ours where her son goes? 
We explained we just want him to be safe, and she replied that she's quite capable of taking care of that herself. Thank you. <laughs> Fine. On you go. Off he went exploring behind the greenhouse, which is not safe because it's the compost heap, which is very unstable, and the muck mound, which is a giant pile of horse manure, we get delivered every autumn. By the spring, the inside is all nice and rotted down, and the outside is hard, crusty, and less strong than you think. After a minute, there was a crunch, a squeal, and I think we did very well to drag him out without saying, I told you so, or breaking into guffaws. He was absolutely black from chest height downwards, and although well-rotted manure doesn't smell really bad, it is very thick and sticky and slimy. His mum grabbed him without a word, and they headed for the gate. He started bawling as soon as the surprise wore off. My friend said, would you like some bin bags to spread out in your car? And to her credit, she did say thanks when we handed them over. I wonder if we see them again next week. <laughs> Edit, to everyone saying we should have made a point of some kind. If you're mean to kids or they think you're making fun of them, they just don't come back. Kids and adults do stupid shit all the time and you quickly get into the habit of just dusting them down and getting on with things. Don't get me wrong, we definitely laugh about it later, but how's a little knobhead like this going to learn if he doesn't come back to the allotment and get his hands dirty? Too true, my friend. And this one is from Marble Chocolate. Douche gets more than he wanted, complains, then less than he wanted. I've worked in bars for years. This has to be one of the best fuck year moments of my time. I worked with this guy who was always on it. Super smart, never lost for words, very funny, and genuinely one of the most professional bartenders I've worked with. This was an exceptional night. We worked two to a station on really busy nights, like three to four deep kind of night. So I had a front row seat to this gem. Greasy douchebag is waiting in front of our station with his elbow on the bar not facing us, getting a little annoyed that he is blocking people getting served. Sam taps him on the arm. Hey man, you want anything? In a sec, mate, as he shoes him off and continues greasing on this drunk girl. Starting to change his attitude, Sam quips back. You're blocking people from the bar, man. Shit, or get off the pot. <laughs> Ooh, I start to slow down. Where's this going? Greasy douche face screws up and looks Sam up and down. Give me a coke, he barks with no manners. Sam whips a glass behind his back and catches it in his left hand, ice in the glass, glass on the bar, and throws a straw in the air as he pours the coke from the soda gun. $2.50 thanks as Sam spins round and enters into the till. Douche is staring at the drink. What is this? A coke, as you asked, Sam said with impatience and vex. That's not what I asked for, he responded. If I wanted ice, I would have asked for ice, pushing the glass back at Sam. Sam picks up the glass with both hands and did something that I was not expecting. He apologized. You are so right. I'm so sorry. How stupid of me. Let me fix that for you. Sam grabs the soda gun, pours coke all over the bar counter. The douche jerks his arm away, not because he notices it, but because his shirt is getting wet. His anger palpable. If you wanted a fucking glass, you would have asked for one. Sam spouts as he throws a straw in the puddle, turns his back, walks off and flips the bird. My hero. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This one is from Cinema Bears. Put me on production, destroy a work culture, and watch me chill on a couch doing nothing, and you can't do anything about it. I work graveyards in a large furniture warehouse, preparing furniture for the drivers the next day deliveries. Each prepper was responsible for prepping two bays for delivery. To prep the furniture, we would unbox all the furniture, put feet on the couches, hardware on dressers, build dining room chairs, and make repairs. The culture was to prep your bay, and when you finished, you helped the next bay and snowballed until everyone was finished, and then you would hop on a cherry picker to get last minute additions or replace damaged furniture. This place decided to implement a production standard. You were given an allotted amount for each action down to the nut and bolt. If you added up your allotted time and you finished early, you got a 10 cent an hour bonus equaling 80 cents a day. Also, this was to prevent you from helping other bays as you weren't allotted time for other workers. Malicious compliance. I was efficient and didn't waste any movements. I would blast through my bay, add up all the allotted time and saw that I was finished two hours earlier than I was allotted. Rather than turn in my sheet and get 80 cents extra for the day, I sat on a comfy couch at the end of my bay and did nothing until my allotted time was up. I remember when the manager drove by and said, we need you to go help and get damages. I just looked at my watch, then at my beautifully prepped bay and said, I'm still prepping my bay. Put my headphones in and leaned back while he looked completely shocked. There was nothing they could do as I was still on the clock for my bay. I saw it more beneficial to get paid for two hours of doing nothing than 80 cents to work my ass off. Absolutely. 80 cents? Take it the piss. <laughs> this story is from Sometimes Smarmy. Customer hits no, cancels transaction. I leave to clock out. Recently quit my job at a convenience store. My two weeks were in and it was my last day. Minutes before the end of my shift, I notice a long line and jump on a register to help. Two customers come to the register together and one asks for cigars. Company policy and state law require that I ID both customers. I turn to grab the cigars after asking to see the ID from both and one of the customers leaves the store. Unfortunately, in this scenario, I cannot finalize the sale until I see ID from both customers, regardless if one leaves. I tell the customer this and he argues with me. The manager is on the register right next to me, so I explain that no, I need to see the ID or I cannot sell either customer age-restricted items. It's now 10.02. My shift officially ended at 10, though we're allowed to and encouraged to stay on the clock while there is a rush. The customer claims he doesn't know the other guy, even though it's clear they were together. Annoyed but just wanting to get out of this interaction, I say whatever and set up the terminal to take his card. He puts in his card and the reader asks, is the amount correct or something of that nature? Customer hits no. A lot of customers do this. They don't read and think the screen is asking if they want cash back, but if they hit no, it cancels the transaction. Usually we would then reset it, walking them through to make sure they hit the right button. But then I think, what's going to happen? It's my last day. I'm supposed to be clocked out. I don't care about this job and company policy prohibits managers from giving references anyway. I say, okay, you hit no, so good night. I put the cigars back and I clock out. After clocking out, I mention it to the manager, who says the customer looked confused for a minute and then just gave up and left, dumbfounded. <laughs> now this next story is from Revilo636. 
yes, I want a coffee without any coffee. <laughs> Been saving this story for a while now. Just thought I'd shed something light and funny to start the weekend off. The usual warnings, long-time reader, first post, mobile, etc. Years ago, I worked for the big Canadian coffee and donut shop, mostly working the evening shift. If you aren't familiar with Canadian brand coffee shop, the cream and sugar are dispensed by a machine that is calibrated to an amount determined by corporate. If you're used to ordering at Fancy Green Place or the Running Donut Place, the number of sugar and creams you order may need to change depending on how much you actually want. One night, we had these three bikers drive in, and you could tell they had been on the road for a while. Their ringleader was your stereotypical biker, tall, wide shoulders, big beard, covered in leather. His friends were shorter, but otherwise still had the whole tough but tired look going on. My coworker was in the back working soup and sandwich, but it's only three people and it's been a slow night. No worries, just need to get these tired boys some caffeine and wish them a good night. The ringleader says, I want an extra large 12 and 12. I say, are you sh-? And he cuts me off saying, did I stutter? I reply, okay, but that's only... Friend one says, did he stutter? No, no, he did not. So off I went to make him exactly what he asked for. Grab a cup and put it under the sugar dispenser while I press the times three button four times. 12 extra large shots of sugar. Then I went over to the cream dispenser and did the same thing. Now, fun fact, the cream and sugars are measured to dispense one twelfth of the cup size you are selecting. So by the time all 12 shots of cream were dispensed, the cup was basically full. I stirred the creamy sugar mixture around before I poured an itty bitty splash of coffee in his cup, just enough to bring it up to safety line on the cup. I tried asking him if he wanted me to heat it up or anything, but I basically got the same exact runaround from him and his friend. Obviously, the guy knew what he wanted and didn't want me to tell him what he was ordering. They grabbed the rest of their order and drove out into the night. Now, you would think this was the end of the story. The big, angry biker man got his nasty sugar cream drink and left me sitting there wondering if the rest of the world had been drinking their coffee wrong this entire time. But no, I was lucky to be working the next afternoon when he came back in. Mr. Ringleader came back in all by himself the next day and shuffled up to the counter. I could tell he must have been embarrassed because his voice was a lot softer this time. He knew he fucked up. The glorious aftermath is that he apologized and confirmed that the drink had been utterly disgusting. Turns out he was used to ordering from the fancy green coffee place and they used a way smaller measurements for their cream and sugar. Once I knew where he was used to ordering from, I made him the approximately same drink using our measurements. Roughly a triple triple and sent him on his way. I only wish I could have seen his face when he took that first sip. <laughs> that would have been pretty amazing. But you got to say, although he was an arse at first, at least he came back in and, you know, basically sucked it up and was embarrassed about it. <laughs> and our next story is from Mayorn. Employer doesn't want me to waste two hours. They waste 40 instead. A number of years ago, I worked for a small, fairly local outsourcing company. I was assigned to work with a particularly high-profile client of theirs. The client's office was just around the corner from my employer, but my employer insisted that I remain within their own offices to work, so the client provided me with a laptop to use that connected to their network remotely. It's important to note that whilst the client was decent, my employer had a totally fear-based management culture. The managers wanted eyes on the employees at all times because they assumed people would slack off given half the chance. 
After almost a year of working there, I got a call from the client notifying me that my client given laptop needed some critical updates and I would have to bring it in so IT could apply the updates locally. All sounded very reasonable to me. I brought this to the attention of my manager and advised I would be out of the office for a while so I could take my laptop to the client site around the corner for critical updates. No bueno. My manager ignored everything about the critical updates part and focused instead on the out of office for two hours part. They insisted that they knew I had a remote connection to the client's office so any updates could be applied without me needing to leave and take my laptop anywhere. I got the impression they thought I was lying to get some free time off. I decided this had the potential to teach my employer slash the managers a great lesson about not trusting their own employees. So like the model employer I was, I shrugged, you know best boss, and complied with their request, continuing to working as usual, until the following morning when I switched on my laptop and nothing would work. The machine refused to connect to the client's remote network. The various software applications I used for my job also wouldn't run due to the lack of connection. Error messages flashed up on every file I tried to access, warning that my credentials had been blocked. I was left holding a very expensive brick. My manager was livid when I explained I couldn't do any work. They clicked around on my laptop trying to fix it themselves, but there was no other solution to be had. They sent me around the corner to the client's office so I could hand in my laptop to IT. I took my time enjoying a coffee and a breakfast in the client's on-site cafe whilst IT worked on my laptop. But when I went to check on it, after an hour, I believe the client's IT manager words were, it's fucked. The critical update mentioned before was intended to repair something wrong with the way the remote connections worked. When my machine didn't get the update, it lost connection with the client's network and immediately locked me out of everything, effectively blacklisting my credentials. IT manager explained that they would have to build me an entirely new machine and set up new accounts, a process that would take about a week to ensure everything filtered through correctly and could be tested. The client was fine in understanding about it, but when I returned empty-handed to my employer's office, my manager got extremely snotty with me and insisted I still had to work somehow. I pointed out that I had no client laptop to work on, so instead of sending me home, they forced another employee to share a computer with me. <laughs> For the next week, me and a colleague shared a computer, one hour each at a time, as I had no access to any of the files, client data, etc. All I could do was the barest minimum of work, sending a few emails from my colleague's account. After a week, I got my new client laptop and things went back to normal but the week of sharing meant my employer had lost around 40 hours of productivity from two employees. The shared pain of the experience with my colleague brought us closer together, and when the employer lost their contract with my client a few years later, she helped me get a new job with my employer's competitor. What the, what kind of logic is that? Sharing one computer. <laughs> Whoever thought that up deserves sacking straight away. <laughs> Now, once again, guys, thank you for being here today. I hope you did enjoy today's episode of Malicious Compliance. And if you did, you know what to do. Hit that like, that subscribe, and maybe that notification bell too. That's all massively helps out our channel. And I cannot ever express that enough. It truly, truly does. And thank you so much. I'll see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.